0: The government shutdown now into its 24th day, and people are getting cranky, to say the very least. Good day to you. I'm Matt Kittle. This is the MacGyver Newsmakers Podcast. Our newsmaker today, Congressman Glenn Grothman from the 6th Congressional District. And uh, I'll tell you what, Glenn, first of all, welcome aboard. Second of all, man, you made the media and uh, and the Dems go all itchy and twitchy uh, in the last couple of days.
1: Well, I suppose you're talking about the bill that dealt with federal employee pay. Indeed. And uh, there were two parts to that bill. First mm-hmm. first of all, the bill was not I felt accurately reported by the media mm-hmm. in their initial reports. But first of all, we have some federal employees who are essential employees who are not getting paid. They will get paid when the shutdown ends, but let's say for the sake of argument the shutdown goes for 3 months. Um, they will not get paid until that three months is up. I think that's outlandish. I think it was appalling that Republican and Democrat leadership apparently agreed on some sort of compromise in which employees who are working now, such as prison guards, such as the Coast Guard, will not get paid until it's over. Hmm. I'm opposed to that part of the bill. I was one of only 12 Republicans to co-sponsor a bill requiring me to be paid on a timely basis. The other half of the bill dealt with non-essential employees who are not working. A lot of my friends think they should just go on unemployment. I'm willing to give them something, have 60%, 70 80% of their pay. But it seems to me to pay somebody who's not working 100% of their pay when they may not work for four months is a little bit much. It creates a situation in which your employees who are not working are actually in a superior position to the employees who are working.
0: Uh
1: And I've talked to a lot of people over the weekend, they in general agree with me, they have anecdotes in their past where they were laid off or something happened and they got unemployment insurance and nothing more and they wondered why the federal employees would get 100% of their pay. I certainly understand we have a moral obligation to give them something, my sympathy goes out to them, but I think a little less than, something under 100% of the pay was more appropriate for them. So both halves of the bills I disagree with. I disagree strongly that if you are working, you should have to wait two or three months to get paid. I think that's horrible. And I really disagree with the idea that when they eventually do get paid, people who may not work for three or four months get 100% of their pay. Uh, usually that you have job related expenses, commuting expenses, maybe parking, maybe daycare. So you're, you're creating a situation which people are better off not working than working, which I don't like
0: either. Yeah, Congressman Glenn Grothman joins us uh, from the swamp today, and much going on there in terms of shutdown, showdowns, and politics therein. I, I think that... Uh, what you suggested, you put together a bill that says if you you don't work, then you shouldn't be paid the full rate. I, I do want to go back to that because I think that's important. That's just, to me, and I think to a lot of conservatives at the very least, that makes fiscal sense. I mean, sure, uh, just like you're in the private sector, if you're out of a job for a time, then uh, perhaps you're eligible for unemployment insurance or a percentage, perhaps, of what you uh, would earn. But if you're not working, that is a misuse. and and I, I saw your quote in one of the publications, and i I thought it was pretty straightforward and right on. It's why we have a twenty two trillion dollar deficit. We keep spending, and we keep spending money we do not have. And this is a just another example.
1: Oh yes, yes, it, well, it's easy to spend other people's money and you know. You wish you could get 100% of their pay, but let's face it, it could go three or four months. Is it really wise, looking at it from a taxpayer's perspective or a federal debt perspective, to say we're going to give you 100% of your pay to work four months if you're not working? And um, I think that was a little bit too generous.
0: Mm. You've seen the polling on this, and a series of polls have come out over the last several days from the Washington Post, Politico, ABC, CNN. No, what does the polls say? The polls are saying, at least uh, from the people who are delivering you the polls, that most Americans, and that's how they frame this, but it's actually uh, into a majority of Americans, that is to say just over 50% in a lot of these polls are blaming the president and Republicans for the shutdown. How do you feel about the polling? I I believe I heard you recently say that there are some Democrats who are getting worried on their side. That's not really being reported. We've certainly heard all about the nervous Republicans. What do you think about the polling and and where things stand with the the shutdown?
1: I don't think the Republicans have explained why the shutdown is necessary. If we are going to pay for a wall, we are going to pay for it in an appropriation bill or what people back home would refer to as a budget bill. There's a lot of spending in these bills that I don't necessarily agree with, I think is irresponsible, but one thing I do think we need is a wall. The wall is, I hate to say, $5 billion is not a lot of money, but it's about one-seventh of what we spend every year on foreign aid, for example. Mm -hmm. And if I vote for that bill, there's a lot of things in there I don't want to vote for, but I do want the wall.
0: It's like 0.3% of the overall budget, isn't it?
1: Yes, yes, just tiny, a tiny amount.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, President Trump has been patient. He ran on the wall. We're two years into his term. He's signed a lot of appropriation bills without the wall, and all of a sudden... He finally says, I think we need something for the wall. He's compromised. That wall could cost $20 billion. He's just asking for over $5 billion now. And the Democrats, who don't mind spending money otherwise on anything, even big defense increase, agriculture bill, um, any other non-defense discretionary bills, they'll vote for them all, all of a sudden decide that we can't put this $5 billion in the bill. Well, that is where we are going to get the wall from. We're going to get it in a budget. And the idea of saying, I'm going to vote for all the spending in the budget that Nancy Pelosi or Chuck Schumer wants, but I'm not going to get my spending, ultimately Donald Trump just had to say no, and I agree with him. Um, But you are not going to get the wall if you don't have spending for the wall in these budget bills. It's just that simple. And that's why the shutdown is necessary. Now, there was a wall being built under Barack Obama, not as strong and as good as a wall as Donald Trump would have liked, but Barack Obama was spending money on a wall, and the Democrats never objected. About 11 years ago, there was a vote in Congress on the wall, and Hillary Clinton, Joe Biden, and Chuck Schumer all voted for the wall at that time. So this is really just... Partisan games, partisan gamesmanship on the part of Democrats where they could vote for a wall under Barack Obama. They could vote for a wall, quite frankly, even even under George Bush. But now that President Trump wants a wall, in part because they don't like President Trump, and quite frankly, in part because the Democrat Party has become a lot more radical than it was only 10 years ago. They're saying we're not going to vote to fund the government if we have to put in a little over $5 billion for a wall. We'll vote for we'll vote for seven times that amount for foreign aid that they don't object to. But five and a half billion dollars for a ball for a, uh, a wall. The Democrats are saying we cannot vote for a spending bill if that's in there. And that's why we're at the impasse for it now. And I want to point out I was talking to one of my constituents, not a Trump fan over the weekend. They were mad. They said, can't Trump compromise? Trump has gone down from twenty five billion to about five billion for this wall. He's compromised
0: a huge amount.
1: In my mind, maybe too much, Uh, but that's where we stand.
0: All right, well, you know, then you bring up a good point. Congressman Glenn Grothman joins us on this edition of MacGyver Newsmakers. You talked about some of the Democrats, particularly in areas of the country where a wall is seen as extremely vital to security. Um, have you talked to some of these Democrats behind the scenes uh, and are they expressing some anxiety, uh, about where their constituents are and where they have to be as Democrats in the Pelosi and the Schumer party to toe the line?
1: I'm told a lot of the freshmen are very worried and wonder what Nancy's doing mm-hmm. and why she won't, uh, won't agree to something here. Um, And hopefully they'll eventually have the guts to stand up for her or just vote for the wall on the floor. We'll see.
0: Well, that's a good point then. Where do you think this all ends? Does this end with the Donald Trump capitulation? He has not shown that he is willing to do that. Uh, But so far, Nancy and Chuck and the crew have shown they're not interested in doing that. Where, Where does all this go?
1: Well, the scary thing is this is an issue we have to tackle. There are other issues we can wait a year, two years. We don't want to, but could wait. The nation's security, people flooding across the border, must be tackled now. Or America, as we know it, is done. The word is out right now in Central America that if you come to America, and particularly if you bring kids with you, that you can come in. And there are a lot of American politicians, usually Democrats, who are encouraging that line of thinking. The Democrat uh, governor of California saying, come to California, we'll do what we can to get you free medical care. Same thing with the Democratic uh, mayor of New York. Huge numbers of Democrat politicians in favor of sanctuary cities. Well, when you have important American politicians talking this way, talking about abolishing ICE, uh, the um, Immigration Enforcement Service, Mm -hmm. when Democrats talk that way, is it any surprise— That people in Honduras or El Salvador or Guatemala now believe that if they bring their children with them, they can come into the United States? I mean, that's outlandish, but that's what's going on. That's why we need the wall. And if Donald Trump doesn't draw a line in the sand now, when are you going to draw a line in the sand? Then it's lost. If we lose this fight, the country is lost. And I I feel very sorry for the federal workers who aren't being paid, um, except for to say the number one priority has to be to hold on to the country and and you know and not let our com- country just be totally inundated with people from another country and i want to point out donald trump is not anti immigrant every year in this country we swear in 700,000 new immigrants that's not a small number donald trump is not talking about getting rid of that he's telling the people who sneak across the border get in line hmm. You know, fill out the appropriate forms to be one of the 700,000 people we swear in every year, but don't sneak across the border.
0: Yeah. All that said, how long do you think it will be until you have some Republicans? You've already seen some, uh, but you have Republicans uh, calling for an end and in mass and uh, calling and begging for the president to give in to the, the Democrats on this issue.
1: Well, he can lose a few as long as he's willing to veto any bill. Mm-hmm. So uh, hopefully no more. You're right. I saw last week, depending upon the uh, spending bill we were voting on, 11 or 12 Republicans in the House of Representatives were willing to, to go without the wall. And I think it's important for President Trump to do a better job in explaining we're not anti-immigrant. Like I said, we're swearing in 700,000 people a year. He uh, can do a better job of talking about the number of people who are coming here with criminal background records up to and including homicide or illegal immigrants who are in this country, the huge amount of heroin that's flowing across the southern border. Um, we've got to we've got to make that case. And he's got to make the case that the Democrats willing to vote for this stuff in the relatively recent past.
0: Yeah. Well, finally... Uh, and, and, Final question on that, though. I, I, I'm just curious. I mean, you say the president needs to do a better job, and perhaps that's the case. But I think there were a lot of folks uh, on the right, at the very least, who thought the president did a remarkable job last week spelling all of the things that you set out and making it clear to the American people. This isn't about keeping people out. It is about keeping Americans safe. Um, what is it going to take for that message to resonate?
1: I will emphasize, I like the president's speech, but I don't know anybody who thought it was a home run speech. Mm -hmm. It could have been longer. He could have talked about how much $5 billion is uh, with regard to the larger budget. And he could have explained the connection between the shutdown and the budget, which I don't think he did. So I think he's just got to keep making the case. I think the State of the Union speech is coming up in a couple weeks and it'll be another opportunity for the president to um, explain the Republican position. I, in my little position as sixth district Republican in the state of Wisconsin, try to get on the radio as much as possible or put on my website, my position. And uh, hopefully over time, we'll get more and more people on board. You know, the polls do show over time, more and more people are in favor of the wall. it's a little tough as a Republican because, of course, you have the whole mainstream media fighting you. But we are getting the word out there.
0: Congressman Glenn Grothman joining us on this edition of MacGyver Newsmakers. So do you think that this issue, the wall, the shutdown, all of it, uh, is settled by the time the president delivers the State of the Union address?
1: Right now I don't think so. uh, Because President Trump has said where he stands, and he just... I don't think he signed it already or will sign a bill paying the workers, uh, even workers who aren't working. So that kind of takes that off the table. I don't think he would have signed that bill unless he thought it was necessary. Um, I don't know where the cracks are going to be on the Democrat side. The problem is Nancy Pelosi, she only got 220 votes as speaker, which is just two more than you need. Mm -hmm. She doesn't have a lot of wiggle room. And the hard left Democrats have taken over that party. And I think she's afraid to stand up to him and, and and reach a deal. So I think until the American public speaks more clearly as to what should be done, I think we're going to have a problem. I will emphasize again, Donald Trump has cut the amount he needs for this wall uh, between a third and a quarter of what he originally wants. So he's made a huge compromise. And I think it was very much of a compromise for Donald Trump not to refuse to sign a budget for the first two years of his, his presidency. He kept waiting and hoping the Democrats would come around. They just refused to come around, and they refused to agree to fund a wall that they themselves were for only 10 years ago. Hmm.
0: All right, sir. You've been very generous with your time. I will ask you this. Are you ready for a segment that has swept the MacGyver Newsmaker podcast nation? It's called Five Quick Questions. Five fast questions, excuse me, and we deliver them to you now. I know you're a Rolling Stones fan. That is clear. But what is the best rock song of all time? And you can't say Flock of Seagulls. Anything from Flock of Seagulls? Oh, I don't know. It depends what
1: day of the week. We'll say Won't Get Fooled Again.
0: (laughs) Won't Get Fooled Again. That's the who. Now, I know you also like uh, the moody blues, uh, so Correct. it could really be any number, any day. Uh, what is keeping Keith Richards alive at this point, sir?
1: Um, I think everything's just kind of fermented, and uh, it's <laughs> kind of like uh, you know some sort of food on food on a, on a shelf that's pickled. You know, you can keep it there for a couple hours. I think that's what's going on there. With he's
0: me. like a he's like a good martini yeah. olive. Then that's what yep. you're, what you're saying yep. to me. Yep. Yep. All right, who's the most annoying member of Congress for your money? Well, the new the new gal from...
1: Uh, from. Um,
0: Ocasio-Cortez. In,
1: yes, yes, yes.
0: Mm, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez in the Green I, Plan yeah. and all of that,
1: yes. Who right.
0: is the person you most look up to? Not necessarily in Congress, just anybody.
1: Oh, my dad was wonderful.
0: We'll go yeah. with my dad. Yeah, I would uh, agree. I thought your dad was wonderful, but I'm talking about my dad in this context. Uh, and to the best of your knowledge, does Joni still love Chachi? I don't know who those people are. Fine enough. We'll get you. We'll send you. That's the correct answer, isn't it? Yeah, there's the correct look. answer. We'll we'll send you. We'll send you a twelve by fifteen poster for for uh, safekeeping. Okay. Okay. Uh, and thank you, as always, we appreciate it. We'll talk again real soon, but thank you for joining us on MacGyver Newsmakers this edition. Very good. Look, look to be back on the show. Okay. Bye. Bye, bye. Congressman Glenn Grossman joining us on this edition of MacGyver Newsmakers. I'm Matt Kittle reporting.